Matt Schaff and Jared Small of DraftSharks.com here. And Jared just published the Fantasy Football Draft Guide on DraftSharks.com. We're going to be building off of that to answer some of the most common draft questions here today. And Jared, we're going to start it at what position should I pick first in a fantasy draft? Now, this ties into the main purpose of that draft guide, which is what people who have been with Draft Sharks would commonly know as our perfect draft series, where we run through an entire draft, show you the best way to navigate each round from each different set of draft positions. And we do it across formats. We put out one early this year, so it's just 12 team PPR so far. More will be coming. So if that's not your format, then don't worry. We're going to hit your format later on. Now, Focusing on that, what position should I pick first? Position, of course, means like running back, wide receiver. Who should I target at the beginning of my draft? Jared, I was reading over your article and we've got four buckets of draft positions split up into each like three pick area, one through three, four through six, seven through nine, 10 through 12. The predominant round one pick is wide receiver. Not everybody. It's not every position you take a wide receiver, but most of the buckets that we're looking at have more wide receivers listed than running backs. So is is it fair to say probably a wide receiver is how you want to start? Yeah, you know, the actual answer to what position should I pick first is it depends. And I, people are going to hate that answer, but it really does depend on your scoring system and your starting requirements predominantly, you know, how many players you need to start at each position because those things impact player values a lot more than you'd think. Uh, but generally speaking, I do like leaning towards taking a wide receiver with your first round pick this year. Part of it is just liking the safety and upside those wide receivers bring. And we're, you know, we're talking Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, then even getting to, you know, Stefan Diggs and CD lamb, I think are excellent first round picks. So it's partly that it's partly because you're really more so this year than any year I can remember. in at least in the last handful of years, you can find really safe, bets for volume at running back in rounds like four through six. And, you know, that, that shouldn't totally impact what you do in the early rounds, but it should have some bearing, right? Cause it, it, these aren't just singular picks in a vacuum. You're building a fantasy football team. So what you can get in the later rounds should impact your strategy in the early rounds, at least a little bit. And that's why practicing with stuff like the mock draft trainer on draftrex.com helps because you can run through it and try different combinations and see what you like best in the end. Uh, this ties into question number two for our video here, and, and that is what positions should you draft in order? So, Jared, obviously that begins with what you take in round one, but it quickly turns into what's available to you in round two. What makes the most sense there? What are you looking at in the next few rounds? You know, like you said with the first one, it depends. That's always going to be the answer. And anybody who doesn't tell you that is lying to you for the sake of a hot take. My biggest key here is flexibility. That first pillar of redraft play on DraftSharks.com, which is pursue value above all else. Um, And people can find our strategy on DraftSharks.com now in the DSU section. Pursue value above all else. That means... I don't want to tell you that you're going to take this in round one, you're going to take this in round two, and you're going to take this in round three. Because if I say you should be taking a running back in round two, but your entire league passes on Devontae Adams and he's there at the end of round two, then you should take Devontae Adams. And the same goes on with other specific players throughout. So you want to be flexible. That's part of this strategy. If you start out with knowing what's good to target at the different spots, then you know what's value when it gets to you, right? For sure. And that's where the customized cheat sheet on your draft forum is so huge because 
that's dynamic. That's adjusting throughout your draft based on your team needs, based on what's still available, based on your scoring system, system based on the starting requirements. Like the, the fantasy football guide, perfect draft, definitely read it. But, you know, that that's that's a basic game plan heading into your draft. These drafts, we know they never go according to plan. They don't go straight down the ADP sheet. You're going to find values that you didn't expect. So, yeah, be flexible. Take value where it presents itself early. In the later rounds, you can start to worry about, you know, filling out different starting spots in your lineup. And that's why the perfect draft article is never an article that says, take this guy in round one, take this guy in round two, take this guy in round three. We always give you several options and normally several at each position, because what you want to do is know what you should be targeting, the pool that you're looking at, the tiers that you should be looking at, as opposed to a specific player that you need to be watching for or that you have to take now. Because, Jared, we know that everybody's going to be annoyed if you just leave it as it depends. Let's get a little bit more specific because I know I've most commonly and most comfortably been starting my drafts with wide receiver in round one, with a running back in round two. Certainly not all the time, but the difference in round two versus other recent seasons is that we're getting high quality running backs in that round. Guys that could lead the position in scoring by the end of the year. We've got Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, guys spread throughout the round. So it certainly depends some on where you're picking and obviously who gets to you. But there are running backs that can fit in every area of round two. And they also go with wide receivers that I don't think look all that different from the wideouts that we see in round three. Yeah, for sure. And even some of those running backs, you'll you'll see them drop into round three at times. You know, Derrick Henry, um, you know, Josh Jacobs with the the whole holdout concerns. Now, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy I like in round three. So yeah, my um, running back strategy is sort of driving my overall draft strategy. And that's what I, what I mean by that is I'm with you. I like taking those second, third round running backs. And then there's another pocket of running backs in rounds four through six, you know, JK Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, James Connor, Alexander Madison is another one in there guys where I think we can, you know, reasonably count on 15 to 20 touches per game from that. If you, you know, have that as your RB two, that you can get in round five or six. Um, I, I like, you know, fishing from that pool for my second running back. And then everything kind of falls into place around, you know, those first two running back picks for me. This is also something that's going to differ from best ball to lineup setting leagues. If you play both of those formats, like for best ball, it makes sense to take a running back in round two and then just kind of forget about the position for a few rounds and then look at it again. But as we get into lineup setting, the thing that made rounds three through five or whatever the exact range, the running back dead zone in recent seasons is we got guys with big time questions. But right now what we're seeing is some running backs get pushed down that As long as they're healthy and not holding out, they're great bets for weekly touches. Ramondre Stevenson, you mentioned, Josh Jacobs' name we talked about. If those guys get into round three, those guys, as long as they're healthy, are going to be dominating the backfield work for their team. So that's a strong round three pick. You can take a wide receiver early in round one. You can take two running backs in round two and round three and then just collect wide receivers over the next few rounds. And you've got these two running backs that you'll probably feel comfortable putting into your lineup basically every week. Yeah. And I think that works well because I think as you kind of alluded to wide receiver does feel kind of flat once you get outside, like, I don't know, maybe midway through round three, I think there's some you know high upside wide receivers going, you know, late round two, early round three, but beyond that, um, you know, these guys going in round four and round six, you know, and, and anywhere in between kind of feel not the same, but similar enough. And again, a key is to be flexible between wide receiver and running back in those rounds, like four through eight, because that's where you really find yep. those guys that 
have the path to, you know, a, a breakout or a, a season defining type year, but they just have like one question that you can't answer that, that could get in the way and could make them nothing special or could get out of the way and make them something special. So it's great if you can collect a bunch of them, not necessarily have to count on that guy to be in your lineup, but maybe get that one player that propels you like Josh Jacobs was last year for his fantasy teams. How many of each position should I draft is a related question. And I think, Jared, one very common mistake is in a single 10 to 12 team league, a team drafting two quarterbacks or two tight ends, really no matter what else they're doing. I think almost always for me in those leagues, I'm stopping at one quarterback unless I waited a while and I'm specifically taking two platoon types or taking a second tight end. I want to just almost always take one tight end unless I'm waiting until the end and taking two and then seeing which one of them turns into something. But even in that case, I'm okay taking Hayden Hurst at the end. And if he doesn't work out, then I'll drop him for somebody else. So I think that's, that's one key point is to just take one at those two positions. And then Mm -hmm. that opens up what you can do otherwise. For sure. And again, it does depend on, as you said, you know, I think roster size, uh, you know, how many bench spots in your league, just how, how deep your waiver pool is. If your rosters are huge and and the waiver pool is kind of thin, then it might make more sense to take a second tight end or a second quarterback. But yeah, generally I think one is good, especially if you're getting in one of the top, you know, 10 guys at each position between running backs and wideouts, I would much, rather spend bench spots on running backs who are one injury away from having a big workload, right? It's, it's always easier in season to find usable wide receiver weeks. So use those, you know, last few picks, those last few bench spots on those running back stashes that, yeah, they're not going to help you at all if the guy in front of them stays healthy. But again, just one injury, those running backs can become, you know, weekly starters and even, you know, like top 20 running backs just based on volume. Yeah, I, I want to have probably six plus guys at both running back and wide receiver heading into the season, but I, I don't really care how exactly how that's balanced between those two positions for my lineup setting team. In most cases, it certainly depends on how many flex spots, exactly what the scoring format is, and how many you have to start at each spot. Who should I draft in fantasy football, Jared? And I forgot to change the questions at the bottom of the screen for people who are watching, so sorry about that. <laughs> but the question here, who should I draft? fantasy football 2023 (laughs) this is like the question where people say who's going to be on all of your teams this year and you always see big names thrown at that and that's a mistake because earlier in the draft the value changes more by specific draft slot than it does later so if you're taking the same guy every time in like round three then you're missing out on some valuable guys if you're drafting multiple teams whereas the further you get the more you can say, I'm taking this guy every time. You can take the same guy in every round 12 if you want to, and you're not losing a whole lot, right? For sure. And again, you know, th- this this is a loaded question that we could spend, uh, you know, an hour-long podcast talking about. Let's talk about quarterbacks for a second. I feel like we haven't talked quarterback much. And I think quarterback's interesting this year because there's guys at every range of the draft that I like, right? So, like, I'm not desperate to get any one of them. I'll kind of let the draft kind of play out. Justin Herbert is my, my favorite pick in the earlier rounds he's a guy who i think you know has a good chance to finish top five this season could even you know sneak into the top three sean watson is a guy i really like in the middle rounds you know he's in maybe like an eighth round pick in adp right now you know the sean watson coming off a shaky return last year but you know i think that wasn't a major surprise coming off the long layoff in a new offense watson was an elite real life and fantasy quarterback before you know that that, that suspension and you know, he's plenty of weapons in cleveland so i like him as a mid-round target, and then I think um, in the later rounds, Geno Smith, I think, is a great target 
plenty of weapons. You know, he added some weapons. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zach Charbonnet arrive. Um, should be a pass-leaning offense again in Seattle. So I like Smith if you're looking for, you know, more of a floor quarterback option later in drafts. And then Anthony Richardson, you know, the rookie in Indianapolis, you know, he, he still has a double-digit ADP by our data. Um, and for the rushing upside alone, you know, you want, you want a cheap version of Justin Fields. You know, Anthony Richardson could be that for you. And, again, you can get him in the 10th or 11th round. I agree with all of those players. And I think Anthony Richardson's a good guy to bring up because that could be a spot where you take two quarterbacks because we don't know yet if Anthony Richardson's going to be starting week one. You can get a fill-in probably off of waivers to start that week one if we get closer and he's not starting. But you can also probably use a roster spot on that insurance heading into the season. And then if Richardson is a week one starter and you're ready to use him, you can drop that extra quarterback for something else. A couple of very late quarterbacks that start out well schedule-wise that you could stash on your team. Jared Goff has a really nice start to his schedule at Kansas City with the game that has the highest over-under of that week, so we should get some shootout type of conditions. He's home for Seattle the next week, home for Atlanta the week after that. Both of those teams were 21st or worse in defensive DVOA last year. The Lions should be at least pretty good on offense, so Jared Goff should be off to at least a decent start. Obviously, we'll see how much of their scoring comes on the ground, but if the offense is set for good weeks, then the quarterback should be set for at least decent weeks. Bryce Young is... A higher risk one because we haven't seen him play in the NFL yet, but he starts at the Falcons, home for the Saints, at Seattle, home for the Vikings, at Detroit, then at Miami before the week seven bye. Four of those six defenses ranked 21st or lower in DVOA last year. Miami did not, but it did rank 25th in past DVOA. So that's a stretch of games where if Bryce Young is ready to just, you know, take off, he could score more fantasy points than we anticipate early in the season. You know, the Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson combo would worry me a bit just with two rookies, but I think the golf, <laughs> I think the golf Richardson combo is perfect. Um, that's definitely a combo I'll be targeting in a bunch of my drafts after hearing that uh, early season schedule for golf. Yeah, Bryce Young would be maybe even a better pairing with Jared Goff. So you're taking those guys as streaming types. And we could go through other positions, but I think really your best bet is going to be reading Jared's perfect draft fantasy football guide to see the players that you can be targeting at the various times. And, you know, who else is available if that guy that you want to target is not there. So you're ready for however that draft's going to go. If you like what you see here, please leave us a rating, a review. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast feed so that you just get notified every time new content hits. And of course, you can find everything we're doing and talking about anytime at DraftSharks.com.